Zach and Lindsay joined now by Rex Ponder of University Ace. Rex, how are you? Sir, I'm doing excellent. It's a beautiful day. Uh, we've gotten some good rains recently to moisten the ground and help me not have to water as much in my garden center, even though I did have to get out there and get after it yesterday. Uh, but uh, it's it, all is good, sir. I'm telling you what. Well, it is a pleasure to see you. As always, what are we talking about this week? Well, we're going to be talking about a couple of three subjects today. But Three uh, subjects? Yeah, two or three. But let, okay. let me mention one thing before we get started. Uh, do you all watch NCIS? Uh, very little. I do not. You don't? Yes, yeah, it's a good. It's probably one of the most popular shows on television. has been for years. You know, Mark Harmon, the old UCLA quarterback, is on there. But on the show, he's been building this boat in his basement as his stress relief for years. Right. Well, you know, I've been watching the show for years, and he finally, last episode of all the years, I said, well, he must be going to get off the show or something. They got the boat out. He's been building this boat for 14, 15 years, however long they've been on there. Uh-huh. But I got to thinking, guys, I got to thinking, because, you know, Rex is always thinking, always thinking. Even when I'm dreaming at night, I'm thinking. Uh-huh. I said, I'm going to start building myself. I watched him doing this, and I said, if he can do this, I can. I'm going to start building boats, but I don't have a basement, so I'm going to build them in my attic. I said, sales will go through the roof. <sighs> All righty, you listeners out there. Think about that one uh, for a while. Oh, the but, setup of that was just, like, incredible. It just kept going and going and going. Yeah. Well, it was going and going and going, and then finally it ended. <laughs> so, we anyway. Had, we had so close to the end. I don't know what happened. It just it just fizzled out. Yeah. It? It, I, you know, <laughs> you can't go fuse, too long. That, that, you know, that fuse just, like, went out right Right there. When anyway. I went to, uh, when I took speech in college, I, I took speech, and as you all well know, I do a lot of talking. And uh, But when I took speech, you know, we had to write speeches, and, mm-hmm. of course, you always have the, you know, the parts of the speech that you're supposed to include. Right. Well, I gave my first speech in class, and the, I, I had written, and I gave my first speech. We all had to write and give first speech, and the the professor said after he got through, he said, I've never heard a longer introduction. He said, your introduction is supposed to be short. He said, I thought it would never end. Uh-huh. He said, by the time you got through with the introduction, I didn't care what you had to say. Did you ever get points taken off for, like, the whole speech being too long? Oh, I got points taken off for everything. Right. You know, I didn't do uh, real well in speech. He didn't like my uh, speeches. But anyway, that's Zach a whole still, different subject. Zach still has a thing about a thing he did in college when he got points taken off. and um, By your father-in-law. By my father-in-law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. by your father He still has a little thing about it. Oh, my it's been goodness. Years. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He's successful in business. And You've yet got still... to let it go. Thank, uh, thank you, thank but, you, Dr. Sutton. I appreciate that. But anyway, that, right <laughs> uh, getting, getting into our subjects about the – think about the sales going through the roof and shorten it a little bit, then you'll really have a howl. Uh, but anyway, today I wanted to mention a couple of things that uh, I've been getting questions about uh, in the store. And uh, one, I want to talk about pruning. I'm not going to do a segment on pruning today. We'll do another one. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to talk pruning. about pruning on this show? 
We pruning. love talking about pruning. What? Selective pruning is where it's at, baby. Selective pruning. That's a very good, Lindsay. You said it exactly correct. I did some selective pruning at my house two weeks ago. It was great. It. Uh, I know Ooh. it excited you and thrilled you and having those things, a little haircut. You know, you know how much better you feel after a haircut, you know, and you look in the mirror and you say, man, that looks it looks. It's been so long better. since I got a haircut. And, uh, but a lot of people who are novice uh, gardeners, don't know when to prune and things along that line. And as I say, I'm not going to get into a whole pruning segment, but I have people, I've had several people in saying, Rex, can I uh, prune my roses now? Can I prune my shrubs? They're looking ragged. Well, uh, you can certainly prune uh, a lot of times of year, not just specific times, but this time of year we we suggest what Lindsay just said, selective pruning. And you can do that most any time. And that's where you go out and you remove the unwanted wood out of your uh, uh, shrubs, uh, take lower branches off your trees and things like that. Not heavy pruning. We don't suggest doing radical pruning this time of year. You're already into mid-season, and the plants won't have as much of the season left to come back out. But uh, you can do selective pruning to make shrubs and all look nicer by taking your hand uh, clippers and just selectively, selectively removing the branches that are making the plant look bad. And uh, a lot of people like to do that quick pruning where they take the head shears out there and just make everything, you know, listen, I can do this quicker and just go over the plant. Really, that's not the best thing to do, and especially this time of year. So those of you that uh, have uh, plants that need, uh, that are a little bit misshapen, uh, right now, realize you can do selective pruning most any time and even right now. The thing we don't want to do, and I will mention that, is get too far in toward fall. We don't want to get into the fall and have to do a lot of pruning because pruning is invigorating. In other words, when you do prune, it invigorates the plant to put back out and uh you know, put on a spurt of growth, and you don't want to do that too late in the season uh, toward cold weather. Rex Ponder of University is joining us this morning. Zach and Lindsay joined by the one and only Rex Ponder of University Ace. All right, Rex, where are we headed next, boss? Well, we're going to talk just a brief moment, not in-depth today, uh, but uh, about another question I've been getting uh, a lot of over the last couple of weeks is about ground covers. Now that we're having, uh, you know, some rains, and especially we're getting some hard rains, uh, a lot of you out there are having uh, some erosion issues in your yard or maybe on the backside of your property or maybe you've got a, a slope uh, in the on the side yard or backyard and you're, uh, thinking that you're going to plant a ground cover of some type to uh, solve that issue, and that's, in a lot of cases, that's a very good idea, unless the water problem is uh, maybe more severe than a ground cover can handle. So if you want to plant a ground cover, it's very important. Of course, when people come in and say, I need a, a ground cover on my side yard, 
you know, I ask a series of questions, and these are very important when planting ground covers. Number one, is it in the sun or shade? Uh, because you've got sun-loving ground covers, and you've got uh, ones that uh, uh, prefer a heavier shade, especially staying away from the midday and afternoon sun. So we really need to know how much sun you get. And a lot of people, you know, have never really monitored that. They can uh, tell us maybe what direction that faces uh, when they think about it a while. But um, you really need to monitor how much direct sunlight you get on a particular area to determine uh, what kind of ground cover would grow best. Then secondly, and very important also, is the soil conditions. Now, we have a lot of clay-based soil here, and especially if it's an area on a slope, uh, you know, probably where it's been graded down, we're probably down to just heavy red clay in a situation like that. So we've got to select a ground cover that's uh, going to have the type of root system that will grow well in the clay. And a lot of ground covers, we have a lot of ground covers that will grow extremely well in the clay, but that's important because there are some that don't do as well in heavy clay, and uh, you really have to amend the soil. So, and thirdly, uh and, and what's the use of the ground cover? And I, as I say, I mentioned that a lot of you, uh, some of you out there who are asking about ground covers had washing situations uh, and needed to control erosion, but some of you just want it for ornament, want to put something in that you can cover, get a good coverage so that you don't have to continually mulch that area, or it might uh, also add an aesthetic appeal to that particular area to have a ground cover rather than just mulch. So those are questions we're going to ask, and uh, you need really need to be aware of uh, the conditions and everything because I've had a lot of people come in that say, I planted this plant, and they'll show me a plant uh, a year ago, and it's just not doing, they're not doing well in the area that I have them. And, of course, uh, we begin to ask those same questions and then a lot of times we find out that you've selected the wrong ground cover for the you know for the area and uh, either because of the sunshade factor or possibly because of the uh, soil conditions and then I have those that uh, have planted ground cover uh, and come back in a year or two years and say I'm being overrun <laughs> you got to remember that a lot of these ground covers don't just grow out. They say, how big will this grow? Well, mm -hmm. some of the ground covers just continue to grow. They don't stop. And so it's very important to understand your area and to realize that uh, certain ground covers are going to cover an area, but then once they cover the area that you want, you're going to have to start edging that to keep it contained in an area. I know... For years, uh, Asiatic jasmine uh, was a very popular ground cover, but people realized that that thing will really cover uh, maybe more in some situations than they wanted it to cover. And uh, so there are a few things you need to be aware of before you go out and just buy, haphazardly buy some ground cover to cover an area so that long-term you'll get the uh, best effect. Uh, on, on those things. 
Rex Ponder of University Ace joining us. We wrap up the hour next. Final few minutes of today's edition of Auburn Opelika this morning. We're joined by Rex Ponder of University Ace. Yes, sir. And what I'm are we wrapping up with today, Rex? Happy to be here. And you know, you noticed, y'all noticed I had a little jump in my step this morning, and I just told y'all why, and I will announce to the listening world that Rex Ponder and his sweet wife, Wanda Ponder, have a new baby girl. Uh, Congratulations, man. That is so granddaughter. fun. Granddaughter. I emphasize the granddaughter. I was about part. to say, let's clarify yeah, it's a let's granddaughter. Let's clarify that because people will be very confused. Uh, <laughs> we have a new granddaughter born uh, this past Monday morning at 3.30 in the morning in Emory Grace. And so I'm uh, still on a high from uh, the new baby girl. Got a baby girl and a baby boy now as uh, grandchildren. And so we're happy as a lark. But uh, That's awesome. Anyway, we've uh, touched a little bit on uh, selective pruning. We have uh, touched a little bit uh, on a couple of subjects here that uh, uh, on ground covers and what to plant and where and some of the questions you need to ask. And I want to finish up with one that's a little bit out of my purview but uh, is very, very popular. And uh, 62 more than... 62 million Americans in this country, Americans, enjoy feeding what? Birds. Birds, absolutely. Birding and uh, attracting them to your home is, uh, is one is big business now. We we at A sell a lot of. Uh, uh, bird feeders and bird birding supplies and things like that. And we have our good friend uh, across the uh, way over there, Wild Birds Unlimited, Hal, that sells a lot of birding stuff. But a lot of people into uh, birding, and that's a very, very enjoyable activity for those that like Zach. And I don't think you, Lindsay, would sit down on your back porch and just watch the birds. But now, Zach... A man that loves. I'm to usually run. out there watching baseball, but I think Zach's outside watching his kale grow, and so he watching can watch the birds while he's watching his Well, kale while grow. he's watching his kale grow, he can have some bird feeders there and watch those birds. And mm-hmm. uh, so, but uh, we have a very diverse gathering of different species of birds in the state of Alabama. Of course, we've got a lot of birds that make Alabama their home. And uh, I won't get into that because I'm not as knowledgeable. But uh, we also have a lot of birds that migrate through Alabama in uh, uh, the fall of the year, late spring, I mean late uh, summer and fall, uh, going to their winter uh, grounds there. And so watching birds or putting up bird feeders and all, uh, can give you a lot of pleasure for those that uh, enjoy seeing the different species of birds come through, and they are very, very fun to watch, and some of them are so beautiful. Well, all birds have beauty in and of themselves, but there are some that are so colorful and pretty, and we think of that to be more of a winter activity, feeding the birds when they don't have as much, but it, it can be a a year-round thing. We always have birds uh, uh, around in the state, and uh, but uh, fewer of the birds use the feeders in the summertime because uh, they have a diverse food supply 
in the natural areas and all. And, of course, a lot of people come to me how it ties into uh, my horticulture. A lot of people want to buy and use in their landscape plants and trees that uh, will attract birds and feed the birds and all. So that's a good uh, activity to think about. A few things I'll mention very briefly. Always place your bird feeders where you can uh, readily see them, and uh, uh, the birds will feed not where you have just tremendous amounts of traffic going by, but you want to be able to see them. And uh, start out with something like a, a tubular bird feeder that has black oil sunflower seeds, and uh, that will give you a good start of attracting birds, and you, you can branch out uh, by adding more feeders at a different time. And uh, a lot of people like to attract uh, hummingbirds and things like that. And uh, the different kind of foods attract different birds. But uh, that's a good hobby for those of you that are thinking about something you could enjoy, you and your wife and children. So that would be something you can think about and come to ACE, and we'll be glad to help you select some of those shrubs and trees that will help attract birds. Rex, thank you so much for your time as always, sir, and we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Lindsay, good show. Good show. Let's begin tomorrow. I think that's a great idea. We'll be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Have a fantastic day, everyone, and get back to work. <laughs>